All right, gals, I'm so excited. Dan, you just are so gracious to always accept our invitation. He's never said no when I ask him to come. And as you know, we were so disappointed. The only time that we had to cancel impact uh, for weather was the morning that Dan was supposed to come in January. And I can't tell you how many phone calls we got. When's he coming? When's he coming? So, gals, we're so excited. Dan Seaborn from Winning at Home Ministries. You know him. You love him. Please welcome him as he comes. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Well, that's kind of her to say. Uh, I was telling Danielle in the back, Danielle's a friend of mine, I know her and Brian well, and I was like, you know, I, when I speak to women, this is just intimidating. You got to know, it's just intimidating. I, I would rather speak to 10,000 people than speak to you guys this morning because uh, you do everything I kind of travel around the country and try to get people to do. You're caring, you're loving, you're sensitive, um, you try to, try to love your children, you're here this morning. I mean, you know, most ladies aren't here this morning and, and focus on other things. You care about the things that I think are, are biblical and that matter and that matter to God. And so, you know, what, what could I come and say? And I was telling Danielle that. I'm like, you know, I, I, what am I supposed to come and say at this conference? So I'm asking the Lord to give me guidance just like I did this morning. Uh, I'm asking him to give me words to say. So I come with admiration already. I'm starting kind of, you know, saying you're already above me, but let me at least try to share a couple of things with you that will be encouraging today. And that's my goal. That's why I'm here. Um, my, my dream is that today the Lord would use me somehow to speak into your life. Um, I tried to think about, you know, I sit in the parking lot for a little bit. I always do that before I come in and then just watching you come in. I, I don't know your lives. Uh, some of you are here this morning, and you're doing really good. Uh, your kids are great. They dress themselves. You, got, you just got a rock and rolling family, and everybody's like, you know, envious of your family. Bless you. You should be speaking. Um, but most of you are like me. Uh, you know, your kids don't dress themselves, and when they do, you wish you would have dressed them, you know. And, and it's just life. Life isn't always easy, and, and it's not always easy to understand it all. And when it was time to raise your hand to be prayed for, you raised your hand because you're going through tough times. And... And I want you to know uh, I relate to that. That's my life too. It's not perfect. I share my open life with you. You know my story a lot with my wife, Jane, and our daughter, specifically Anna. And so, you know, I, I come as a broken man who is trying to honor the Lord in my life as well. And so I come with that spirit and attitude this morning, and I want to talk with you that way. I, I want to talk to you just about real life stuff. And the 10 things that I want to share with you this morning... Um, the last time I was here and spoke with this group, I shared 10 ways and 10 questions I wanted to ask yourself as wives. And I realize not all of you are married today. Uh, some of you are wanting to be married or plan to be married, or you, you may have been through a tough divorce. I don't know your story, but I want to give you some principles that when you are maybe in that place again, or you're considering being a wife again, at least think about these things because they will matter and they will affect how good your relationship is with your spouse. Uh, Winston Churchill, you guys know that name very well. Um, he had a lady who didn't like him one time and, and she came to him and said to him, I'll tell you this, Winston Churchill, if you were my husband, I would put poison in your drink. And he said to her, and if you were my wife, I would drink it, <laughs> you know? So um, be careful what you say about your husband because he might be feeling the same way. <laughs> and so this morning as I come, I hope you will receive what I'm going to share with you with an open heart, not a, go fix my husband. I'll speak to him sometime when I'm doing the men's conference. But today you're here, and I ask you to come with an open heart 
to what the Lord would say. And I want to start with a passage of Scripture from 1 Corinthians, a passage that you've heard about and you've read, but you don't even think it's going to apply to marriage, but let me make it apply to marriage in an appropriate way. It's in 1 Corinthians 13, the chapter we call the love chapter, and I want to start with verse 11. Verse 11 says, when I was a child, I talked like a child and I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man or woman, I put away those childish things. For now we see but a poor reflection, then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, then I will know fully, even as I am fully known. Now, it's not hard for me to take that passage and to apply it to my children. Uh, a lot of you in here have young children, and you look at them sometimes, and they say things, and you as an adult look at them and go, oh, little kid, little, you just don't get it. And you can't explain it to them because they're kids. You can't explain to a child how important things like an election is. You can't, uh, they don't care who's president because they're kids. Unless you tell them they got to care. But they don't get those concepts. So I, I know it's easy for us to look at our children and go, oh, you know, they're little, they just don't get it. Put them in the nursery. Don't let them in the big church because they won't get it. <laughs> now, now watch this. So this morning, is it possible that all of us in this room, and I'll put myself with you ladies. I know that I'm not the only male here. I saw a few other brothers. Is it possible the Lord sometimes looks at us and says, oh, you little kids, I wish you could get it. Don't you think there are even people sometimes who look at you? They don't say it out loud. Just like you don't say to your kids, you don't get it. You're just... They're kids. There are people who look at you and think to themselves, oh, I wish... Mm. Nah, I can't even explain it to them. They just wouldn't get it. And I want to come this morning and offer you these 10 ideas to say to you, do you really get these things and how important they are and how important they would be to make your marriage really get to the next level? I am not one who ever settles. Um, as I look at my life, I never settle. I never just go, ah, that's, that's good enough. I'm just not made that way. Some of you might be more that way. Some of you might be less that way. I, I don't know. You don't have to be like me. I'm just not a settler. And I believe, as I look at the life of Christ, I don't think he ever just settled in. I think he was always trying to do something to make a mark, make a difference, improve the lives of people. So I have that mindset that I think is like the Lord when we say to ourselves, okay, I don't want to stay in a child state either. I'm in a marriage. I've been married this long, short or long, whatever it is. I don't want to stay like I'm just a beginner marriage. I want to get deeper. I want to grow wiser. And so today I offer you 10 questions. And I'll break the questions down and I will try to explain them to you so you can look and see how you think you might be doing in your marriage relationship. And again, I'm going to speak in generalities. I can't say uh, in every marriage this is exactly the case. I'm just going to speak in generalities because there's too many of us and too many different kind of marriages. But open your heart to maybe what the Lord would say to you this morning through these simple 10 questions. Here's the first one. Can your husband talk to you about something? And, and those questions are on your table if you'd like to take some notes. I know they're on the table if you want to pass that around. Number one, can your husband talk to you about something that bothers him without you reacting negatively or getting defensive? 
Do you like it when your husband starts with, honey, can I point something out to you? Is that just inside you going, yes. <laughs> um, in, in fairness to my wife, Jane, it, it, I don't think it would be easy to be married to me because of what I just told you. I like to always be working on something. So uh, I'm constantly talking to her about things I would like her to work on. And in fairness, I believe over the years when I say, hey, baby, I, well, something I wanted to kind of share with you, a wall. <laughs> and I think I helped build that wall. And I am working at trying to improve in myself, okay, from a man's side. I know I'm talking to you ladies, but on my side, I think I can improve at not always pointing those things out or doing them in a loving way. And so let me first start there, but then let me respond again by saying, as a lady, what's it like for him? My daughter, Anna, who you guys know and pray for, she's 22 now, really, really beginning to change. The Lord is doing something wonderful in her heart. We had a wonderful conversation yesterday. And she said something to me in that conversation that I literally inside was going, oh, wow, that's big. Um, she said, my boss yesterday pulled me in at work. And she said, my boss began to talk to me about some things that she wanted me to work on. And she said, normally, Dad, my first thought is, well, you've got some stuff you can work on, too. You know, she said, that's my normal first thought. And she said, but yesterday, Dad, when my boss started telling me, I was sitting there going, she's right about that. She said, inside, I was going, she's, that's a good point. I really do do that, and I don't notice I do that. And she said, I thanked her for telling me things that I know I can do better at. She said, in fact, Dad, she caught me afterwards and said she really appreciated that spirit. And I said, Anna, I do too. Because that shows maturity. See, maturity can handle challenges to grow. Maturity can handle a challenge to grow. So I would say to you today, would you say as a wife, you are maturing? Are you receiving are you wanting to? Now, already, some of you are feeling a little defensive. I, I, I get it. I know if I was sitting there and somebody telling me this, I, I get the little feeling. You're like, go to question two. Go to question two. I get that. I understand it. But, but you know, I'm telling you, if your husband was sitting here, would he say, please stay on one, Dan? Please stay on one. <laughs> then that's probably for you. It's probably a good point for you to consider. And what's funny is, so... I believe as you work at this and you try to understand each other and you have conversation about it, you talk about it, and you try to improve at it, you actually enhance and develop your marriage to a whole new level. And that's what this all is about. You don't want to stay at the childlike level in your relationship. Okay? You're not little kids anymore. I'm looking around. I don't see any children. But some of you might still be acting that way. Look in the mirror. You're not a kid anymore. You're older. It's time to be the adult. And so receive that and own that and work at that. Number two, could you tell me right now his top three needs? Could you right now tell me the top three needs he has? And I'm not talking about, yeah, he needs to love me more. He needs to pick up the house. No, I'm not talking about that. Yeah, that would be easy to get 10 of those, I bet. Um, if I said to you right now, if I brought your husband right up here and I said, hey, this is him. This is Brian DeSmith sitting right here. Sorry, pick on Danielle. If I stood Brian right here and I said, Brian, tell me your top three knees. And he whispered in my ear and I said to Danielle, all right, what are they? Could she nail them? I bet she could nail one or two. She's a very sensitive lady. She's, she talks to her husband. I know that. And so I, I just challenge you and ask you, could you do that? 
could you tell me your husband's needs? And are you praying for those needs? Because um, I, I know a person right now in their marriage relationship, their husband has some needs, but she doesn't have time to think about his needs because she's not happy. Now, what do you think that's going to breed? More and more discontent, more and more pain, more and more hurt. And so as you think on his needs, what does that naturally do? It naturally makes you stop thinking about yourself. My marriage does better when I don't think about me. My marriage does better when I focus on what does Jane need? I've been doing something. Um, I've been working really hard at this. Uh, we were down in Florida. Um, I, I'm terrible with time. A month ago. And we were there for a week. And one of the days when I was out walking the beach by myself, uh, I love to just walk on the beach and pray and spend time with the Lord. And one of the days that I was doing that, the Lord began to speak to me about what it meant to give Jane an abundant life. Because the word of God says, Jesus said, I have come to give you life and to give you life abundantly. And if I'm supposed to be Christ in my home, right? I'm the example of Jesus, Jane's the example of the church. If I'm supposed to be Christ in my home, then I have to love her abundantly. Well, watch this. If I am demeaning to her, if I am criticizing her, if I am always pointing out flaws in her, that's not making her feel abundant. I never say to Jane, you know the problem with you and her going, that's so fulfilling. That just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So the Lord showed me, Dan, you are crossing a line and taking away her abundant living. You, Dan, are the reason she doesn't feel abundant sometimes. You. And I want you to, when you get to those places where you recognize that and you see you're doing that, I want you to, literally, shut up. Because I want Jane to have an abundant life, and one of the ways she has it, if you'll treat her better in those times. So, I did not tell her that. But I came home, and I started giving Jane, and I have been giving her the last month, I think the most abundant love I've probably ever given her in my life. And we were driving yesterday. We went over yesterday's my day off. We went over, we rode over to Woodland Mall for a little bit for something she wanted to do with her phone. And, and so we're on the way there and just on the way there, on the way there driving, I just said, hey, babe, am I abundantly loving you? Yes, you are. Uh, is there anything that you could think of that, would help you feel more abundantly loved? Is there anything I'm not doing? Is there anything that you're noticing that you'd like to point out? She said, no, you really have been really working hard at that. And I said, well, thank you. I said, because I want you to feel abundantly loved. Now, here, here's the catch-22 with this. Watch this. Ready? Listen very carefully. It is natural when I've said that question to her, her natural instinct is not to say back to me, how about you, babe? Are you feeling that? Because <laughs> see, sometimes we give abundance to get it back. Like, I tell you what, Dan, I'll go home and love my husband, but he better step it up. No, no, that's, that's not what I'm talking to you about. I'm asking you what would happen if you just decided to love abundantly? Well, what, if, what would happen if you did it without expectation of return? Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and to give you abundantly. He didn't say, and I'll give it to you abundantly if you will. No, no, it's just I have come to give you that. Now it's up to you whether or not you're going to receive it. And so I want to be a, a guy who gives my wife an extravagant, abundant love that meets her needs, where she's at, what is best for her. Not what I think would be best, but what is best for her. That's abundant love. 
And that's what I think sometimes we need to do with these things in their life. What if your husband felt like you loved him abundantly? Like, like what, if, what if you got a text from your husband that said, hey, you make me feel loved? Your, your husband sent you the text that said, you make me feel loved. If you do that right there, you are living right where you need to live. You are doing right what you need to do. And the text doesn't, you know, and he responds back, you really, you know, you, you don't need a second text. Just text him. I mean, just let him text you and say, thank you, done. Because what I, what I have seen with Jane in these last few days is, is I love her abundantly. There's just something inside of us wants to do that back. We want to care for a person. And so I challenge you to make sure in your life you are aware of and caring about the needs of your husband loving him abundantly. Number three, does he see you as a helpmate or a hurtmate? Does he see you as a helpmate? Because you see, that's what the Bible says Eve was. God looked and he, and he said, I'm going to create Eve and she is going to be a helpmate. Let me just tell you some things, the difference between the two. It's going to come up on the screen here. Helpmates lift the burden. Hurtmates are the burden. Are you a burden to your husband? I mean, like when he sees you coming, is he thinking, oh, shoot. You don't want that. I'm sorry. It's terrible to say, but there are some men who feel that way, and you don't want that. Um, um, Helpmates come alongside. Hurtmates walk all over. Does your your spouse feel you're alongside him? Does does he feel like, hey, you're, you're my partner here. You're with me. You're walking beside me. Helpmates protect and defend. Hurtmates expose and attack. Uh, I hope this is making sense to you guys this morning. Because I'm just a realist. I, I talk about real. I could stand up here and say, now in marriage, what happened? This is real life stuff. Some of you know that your personality can be a little exposing and a little attacking. You aren't surprised. It's just who you are. You were kind of born to go after it. And so be careful that you don't cross that line and take away what should be protecting and defending. Use those, those protection mechanisms the right way. Next, helpmates are willing to sacrifice for your good. Hurtmates sacrifice you for their good. So make sure you aren't sacrificing your husband to get what you want. Number four. Does the way you talk to him pull him in or push him away? Does the way you talk to him pull him in or push him away? Um, Obviously, we all have moments of frustration in our marriage relationship. That's just life. That's part of it. You're going to have frustration moments. But overall, watch this. Would he say when he talks to you, he just feels you, ah, yeah, come here. Or more, mm mm-mm. Because I want to tell you what happens, okay? If you give him this, mm, if, if this is what he feels, ooh, I'm afraid, um, I don't know. Let me tell you what he feels. You ready? It's a big word. Lonely. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You don't want your husband being lonely. Lonely is dangerous. And there are some husbands who are married to some of you today in this room. They feel very lonely and they would never tell you. And don't go home and say, are you lonely? Don't, don't, don't do it that way, okay? <laughs> Freak him out. He'll be like, where'd, where'd you go here to speak today? And then you'll say my name, and I'll be like, no, tell him Pastor Karen. Don't put me under the bus. <laughs> don't throw me under the bus. I didn't do it. 
But you need to just make sure that the way you treat him doesn't make him want to hibernate. You don't want him to pull away from you. And you, you want to draw him in. A good marriage is a drawing in marriage. So to kind of rate yourself in this area, I'm going to ask you some questions. When it comes to your marriage, number five, with ten being awesome and one stinks, okay? And I'm going to explain these to you, and some of them are pretty straightforward. Number one, are you caring? They're going to come up on the screen. Are you caring? You got it on the paper there. Does he feel cared for by you? If I stood him right by me today, if we went out for lunch, if we went out for breakfast, we were hanging out where he works, if I said to him, hey, man, how's it going with your wife? He'd say, oh, man, yeah, she makes me feel cared for. Would he say that? If, if one's terrible and ten's awesome, how do you think you're doing? In a little bit, we're going to have a 15-minute discussion time, and this is an area I'd like for you guys to go back and reflect on at your tables, okay? We're going to spend some time at just discussing these things, and I want you to talk to each other about, you know, how, how are we all doing this caring? And, and if you're not doing very good, ask the ladies around you, hey, give me some ideas, give me some thoughts. What's a way I could care for my husband? Because, you know, I, I met a lady, um, I spoke Tuesday at another women's retreat. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> And uh, I had this woman come up to me right after, and she said, my husband, well-known, I need to be careful what more I say, but she's like, he has decided to go atheist. We married, he was a Christian, he's gone atheist, it's killing me. And I mean, poor lady, I just held her because she's just crying. And some of you might be in a spot, hopefully not to that extent, but you, you don't know how to care for your husband right now because you're so hurt. Fair. Talk to the ladies around you and say, here's where I'm at. Can you pray for me? Can you give me some ideas? Can you give me some thoughts? And maybe at your table today, you can pick up a few things. You could go and apply uh, in your marriage relationship. But I want you to understand, you know, like I told you before, I always work at yourself. If you're a five today, how could you get to six? Let, let's take it up a, a notch. Number two, are you sharing? Are you sharing? Do you share your life with him? Does he know about your life? Does he know what's going on? You say, well, that, my husband's not the kind to care. Uh, he, Dan, if I told him everything, he, he just kind of goes, huh. <laughs> there are guys like that. You know, I, I, I don't understand that. I'm a wordy guy. I talk too much. I'm the other way. And that would drive you nuts too. Just trust me. Um, sometimes, sometimes I'm sure Jane would say, Lord, please just let me have a, uh, you know, I mean, she would love a, uh, grunt. Um, but I want you to know that just sharing life with him, sharing life with him is, is important. When he's hurting, let him talk. Let him share. Let him get it out. Let him, however he does it. No, don't make him do it your way. Let him do it. Let him be who he is. Are you sharing? Number three, are you daring? Uh, most men like a woman that will try stuff. They do. I'm just, I'm just telling. I'm a man, and I like when I say to Jane, hey, you want to do this? And she goes, yeah, I'll try that. I like that. And so, you know, um, and I'm going to say something here. Please love me when I finish this. As you get older, you can get colder. Please just receive that in love. As you get older, um, you can get colder. I, I'm going to say some crazy stuff here. I'm actually meeting with uh, Michelle, my assistant's here today. She's setting up a time for me to meet with a doctor who's going to help me with this. I have noticed, please, please love me when I get done. Some of you ladies, after you go through menopause, it's, it's part of life. It's, I, I hate it for you. I'm sorry you go through it because Jane has gone through it. It's tough stuff. 
just so you know, it's tough on the husband too because some things change. And I want to say to you, after you've gone through that, I've noticed sometimes women can just get a little colder. Be careful there. Don't get colder. That's not enjoyable to be around. And so make sure you, even as you, you go, Dan, I, I, I can't help it. You're, you're right. There are some things you can't help, but you can still talk about, hey, baby, are there things you'd like to do? Because I want to know those things. I want to be a part of that. I am married to you after all. And so let's do some of those daring things you still have in your mind. You say, this is one of those situations where you may say, well, I'm very daring. My husband won't do a thing. I understand that. I'll talk at the men's conference and I'll talk about that. But today we're talking to ladies. And I'm saying to you, if your husband likes to try new stuff and wants you to do that, try it with him. Come on, man. Try it with him. That's part of being a helpmate. Number, number four, your favorite one, are you bearing? Do you let him look at you? I, I'm going to push you here. I'm, I'm going to tell you, guys enjoy looking at their wife, the whole body. And I have friends whose wives don't let them look at them at all. And I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. And, you know, I don't know the reasons. There's all kind of reasons. Something's happened in your past. I get, I get all that stuff. But let me say to you again, your husband loves to look at your body. And you were created. When Adam saw Eve, he didn't go, ugh. He didn't go, oh, I'll take the giraffe. He did not do that. <laughs> he looked at her and it was good. And that meant he went, this is good. Well, your husband would like to see your body. And some of you, I understand. You say, I've had four children. Let, let me just kind of tell you something from a man's perspective. We don't care. It's a body. It's good. So, you know, I blow his mind every now and then. Just come out and say, hey, babe, I'm just going to twirl for you and let you look a while. He, first of all, he'll be like, who are you? That's the first thing he'll say. But then he'll probably be praising God in heaven that you come to this group. So I, I'm, I'm just telling you, let him look. And if you're a one in that area, take it to a two. If you're a nine, take it to a ten. And let's go on to the next one because that's uncomfortable. Number five. Is he, are you wearing? Do you wear him out? Do you wear him out? Does he just go, I can't take anymore. I got to drive a little while. I got to get out of here. Are you wearing? If you are, take it down. That's one where you want to be number one. <laughs> I'm not, you know, just work at it. Those are some practical things, five things that when we break here in just a little bit, I want you to talk about it. And I want you to ask each other, how are you doing? And, and here's what I love. For some of you ladies who are a little more bold at your table, say, hey, let me tell you one I'm, that I'm, I, I'm pretty good at four of them, but this one, I'm kind of weak. Help me with this one. Just talk about it. Have a good conversation. It's okay. Because that's why we're here. You know, the name of the group is Impact. So let's make an impact on each other's lives today by letting this stuff. You say, well, if it was in the Bible, it is in the Bible. In Song of Solomon, there's a couple doing it outside under some grapes, and they ain't got no clothes on. So it's in the Bible, okay? <laughs> don't act like it's not. It's in there. We just don't talk about it a lot at church because we can't. But it is in the Bible. Number six, what's the latest thing God has called you to do for him? You say, not number four. Okay, no problem. Uh, what's the latest thing God has called you to do for him, and then are you doing it? That's the big question. Are you doing it? When the Lord lays something on your heart, do it. Say it. Uh, the Lord loves obedience. 
A lot of people, I heard from the Lord, great, what'd you do with it? The Lord loves obedience. Be obedient to what His Spirit lays on your heart today. If there's something I say, and as I say it, it really connected with your spirit, receive that, not from me, from the Lord. Just say, man, that, that spoke to me. I can go home and do that. I can go home and change this area in our marriage relationship. Number seven, pick a word for your year to focus on and pray for yourself in that area. The Lord uh, lays on my heart every year a word, okay? If you came to my office today, uh, I don't know what year it starts, but probably, you know, way back, there's a word every year that I have on my office. And for that year, that was my word. And I, as I look back at my life, especially with all I went through with our daughter Anna, it's just amazing how the Lord gave me a word that fit that year to get me through that. And so I want you to consider praying and saying, Lord, what would be a word that you would lay on my heart that I could stick on a post-it note and stick on my mirror, stick in my car, stick somewhere where I get dressed or whatever, that I'd see it every day and ask myself, how am I doing with that? Let, let, me, let me pick you some words. Um, surrendered. Um, selfless. Quieter. Holier. Gentler with my tongue. I, that's three words. But pick a word that you could take and apply to your life that would benefit your family. Um, my word this year is the word peaceful. I want to uh, be a person that when I come into a room with my family, people, are, I want to bring peace. I don't want to bring torment and chaos. I want to bring peace. So my word this year is peaceful. And in order for me to bring peace, I've got to be peaceful. You can't carry peace in the room if you're not peaceful yourself. You can't bring holiness into a room if you're not holy. So ask the Lord to guide you in this area. And you know, it's not, this is not the kind of thing I, like, I just told you my word. I, I don't, I haven't shared my word. People don't know my word. I'm telling you how, how, how it works. And so, you know, it's not the kind of thing you get your word and walk around with it on your forehead. Guess what? My word is, now, I'm not talking about something you flaunt. I'm talking about something you ask the Lord to show you to work on in your life to guide you through growing as a person. Pick a word. Focus on it. Number eight, who most influences you? I just wanted to ask this question today. Who most influences you? When you look at your life, because I'm guessing, I'm guessing, I mean, when I come to Res, one of the things I would say about your church is, uh, compared to some other places I go, I was, for example, I spoke in Oklahoma, a couple of weekends ago, the people there weren't as careful about their dress as you guys are, just to help you a little bit. They're farmers. They woke up and they put their jeans on and they came to church. When I come here to church, you guys look nice. Some of you work very hard at looking nice. I, I'm not stupid. I, I, I realize that. And I'm saying to you, who influences you to do that? You know, wh what is it that makes you do that? It, 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 it's important, I think, to know why are we influenced to be the way we are? And I want you to ask yourself, man, if I had to pick the people, obviously we'd all say, Jesus Christ, that's, that's awesome. But in real life, who are the people that as you see them on TV or you watch them or hear about them in the news, who are the people that just stop and think about it? Because we don't think about this often. It just suddenly does it. Who are the people that influence you? Who are the people that as you look, you go, I'd, I'd like to be a little more like them. Are they like Jesus? Are they growing in Jesus? Because I'll tell you this, for those of you who have children, you want your kids to follow somebody that's a good influence. 
If your kids were following bad influences, don't follow them. Well, same's true for us. What we ask of our children, we need to ask of ourselves. Because when I was a child, I thought like a child and I acted like a child. But when I became an adult, hmm. So make sure your influences in life are people that you will be proud of when you get to heaven. Number nine, do you have a balanced life? And by that, I mean spiritually, physically, and emotionally. Are all three cared for? And I want to talk about this a second, and I don't want anyone to be offended, but I'm just going to say these things. If you are too spiritual, you go, you can't be. Yes, you can. I'm sorry, you can. I know a lady who is too spiritual. You try to talk to her, well, praise God, hand me that holy glass of water. I'm like, no, it's just ice mountain water. You can have it, but it's not, you know, I mean, everything's holy. Everything's righteous. Drives her husband nuts. I'm going to tell you what she is, and I don't watch Saturday Night Live. I have in the past. There's a lady on there called the church lady. (laughs) And, and, And I wanted to say to you, be careful you're not just a church lady, because sometimes you can be so heavenly you're of no earthly good. So just be careful that you're not over-spiritual. Be spiritual, absolutely. Grow in the Lord. That's why we're here today. But keep it in balance. Remember, you live on the earth. Jesus lived on the earth, and he was Jesus himself. And he still had a powerful influence. Over-spiritual can be a church lady. Over-emotional. Have your emotions in check. Otherwise, you become what I call a drama queen. Some of you sometimes can fall into drama queen category. You're too emotional. I know people who are that way. It's very difficult. I have a good friend who's married to an emotional lady. It's just who she is. It's so hard on him, man. He'll call me about every three months. Dan, just talk to me. Talk me off the cliff because I'm ready to jump. And I get it. I say, man, I'm so sorry. And I'll talk him off. He'll get back from the edge about three feet, and he'll stay there for about three months, and he'll go back to the edge because his wife is a drama queen. And she won't receive any teaching or guidance on the fact that she is a drama queen. So um, if you can be a little bit that way, just balance it. It's, it's, God made you with that personality. In our relationship, I would be more the drama king. I'm high energy, all that stuff, but I have to balance that. Don't go too far with that or you're out of control. Emotionally, stay in check. So we got two things so far. We got the spiritual, emotional, and physical. Physical. Take care of yourself. Take care of your body. You know, Jane's been going to, uh, I call it fit booty, but fit body boot camp. I call it fit booty boot camp. (laughs) Love it. Get that booty lined up. I like it. It's not a bad thing. But if you go too far that way, you know, you become what in high school we used to call an Amazon woman. I mean, all of a sudden you're like, you don't even look like a woman anymore. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but, you know, most men don't go for Amazon women. And I want you to understand, just keep a balance. Nothing wrong with taking care of your body. I think we ought to. We all get one and we got to take good care of it. But don't get it out of whack. Don't let that be the only thing that drives you. You see what happens here? As a lady, if you get too spiritual or too emotional or too physical, then you're out of whack. So look at the balance of it. You get that thing balanced right, man, you're in a good spot. So ask yourself, how am I doing? That might be one of the questions some of you want to ask at your table. How, how could You guys help me. I want to be a little more balanced in this area. Talk about it. Come up with a way you could, you could work at that. 
And then my 10th question is a pretty easy one. What one thing can I go do today? Just what can I leave here and go do? Because we all can go do something. And, you know, my all, when I speak to you and I have the honor of doing this, I, I never want you to leave overwhelmed. If I've overwhelmed you, then I've done a poor job. Because I started loving on you, telling you how awesome you are. I'll finish doing the same thing. Just by coming here today, your husbands are blessed. See, when I see Jane reading her Bible, I know that's good for me. Right? Because that means she's growing. And so I ask you today to just take one little thought, one little idea that I'm sharing. Just take that one little idea. And, and go out of here, leave that exit, and practice it in your home. And see if you can take your marriage up just a little bit. Just one, one little notch. Because by doing so, you're, you're growing. You're making an impact, which is why we're here. Father, I pray over these ladies today. I don't know their lives. Uh, something probably in this list has really resonated with them. Um, there, maybe one lady here is feeling overwhelmed, literally wants to just go sit in her car and cry right now. I, I don't know. And so I'm asking you to come and to speak to our point of need. Uh, you said you came to give us life abundantly, and I want today these words to give encouragement to these ladies so they live here wanting to be more abundant in this area of wifehood and even maybe considering wifehood down the road. And there's a lot of men out there representing the ladies in this room, a lot of kids out there representing the ladies in this room. Um, man, there's a lot of impact could be made here. So let us go today seeking to be less like little kids and more like a mature adult in this relationship. We are not children anymore. Help us to own that thought and then apply how we could go home and do this differently. We love you today. And I pray, Lord, today as Karen gives some direction here on how we can kind of wrap this thing up in small group time, uh, let our conversations be pleasing to you and encouraging to each other. And we lay this at your feet in Jesus' name. We all said, amen. Amen. Dan, thank you. Yeah, what a, thank what you, a word. Uh, and our word for this year, yes, let's thank you, was loving well. So mm -hmm. thank you for challenging us in that area of loving our husbands well. Um, how many of you feel challenged? Oh, no? All right, let's try that again. How many of you feel challenged? How many of you are ready to accept a challenge? All right. We're, we are going to spend the next 10 to 15 minutes or so. Um, we don't have official uh, leaders at every table. Uh, some of you have done this. You know, if, if you've helped lead discussions before, go ahead and take the lead. If not, be a leader. I'm just saying. Uh, Dan challenged us to especially look at question five. And I'm going to challenge you to be very vulnerable. And if there is an area that you're feeling like, man, I could really use some ideas and I could really use some prayer, you know, don't leave here without um, making that need known. We're all sisters in Christ. We're not here to judge one another. We're here to connect and to lift one another up. Amen. And if you're at a table of only two people or so, would you join another table so, so we have at least five to six at every table? Like these gals, you want to join the three right here? Carol, and yes, thank you. All right, so yes, let's go ahead and, uh, and just uh, have some time of fellowship and connecting with one another over this awesome stuff.